No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where after a string of bad kings, we finally come to a very good king. King Hezekiah reigns in Judah. He makes spiritual reforms, and there is no one else like him. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in 2 Kings chapter 18 on Simply the Bible. This next king, I have a particular fondness for. The reason is because when I was in my early 20s, I was asked by our assistant pastor to attend a study on spiritual leadership. We went through the book, Be the Leader You Were Meant to Be by Leroy Imes. One of the first verses I memorized was 2 Chronicles 31, 21, and I have never forgotten it. In everything that he undertook in the service of God's temple and in obedience to the law and the commands, he sought his God and worked wholeheartedly, and so he prospered. This refers to King Hezekiah of Judah, one of the best kings to ever come out of either Israel or Judah. The Bible says there was no one else like him. We continue in 2 Kings chapter 18. Now it came to pass in the third year of Hoshea, the son of Elah, king of Israel, that Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abi, the daughter of Zechariah. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father David had done. Now, Hezekiah's father Ahaz was probably the wickedest king of Judah. He sacrificed his own son in the fire to the god Molech, he presented offerings and burnt incense on high places and under every green tree. He moved the bronze altar for burnt offerings that was in the temple that the Lord had commanded Moses to build. And then he installed his own altar, a copy of the one in Damascus that was built for the God of the Syrians. With such a wicked father, Hezekiah's chances weren't all that great that he would turn out well. But Hezekiah's mother was Abi, the daughter of Zechariah. Now, we don't know much about her, but she must have been an amazing woman to have such a godly influence on Hezekiah. Moms, never doubt your power in the lives of your children. If you are a godly mom and you train them in the way of the Lord, you pray for them, that can have a huge effect. On their lives. Verse 4 He removed the high places and broke the sacred pillars, cut down the wooden image, and broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made. For until those days, the children of Israel burned incense to it and called it Nahushtan. He trusted in the Lord God of Israel, so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah nor who were before him, for he held fast to the Lord. He did not depart from following him, but kept his commandments, which the Lord had commanded Moses. 
So Hezekiah was one of the only kings of Judah to remove the high places, these pagan places of worship, broke down the sacred pillars, the wooden images, and so forth. He knew that these places had been a stumbling block to his father Ahaz, so he got rid of them. He also broke the bronze serpent that Moses had made in the wilderness. Now, God had instructed Moses to make that when they were being bitten by serpents. And God said, look, if they just look upon this bronze serpent, then they will be healed. Well, God used that then, but now the people were actually burning incense to it. They made it like a god, an idol. And Hezekiah realized that that the people were being stumbled by it. So he just busted it in pieces and called it Nehushtan, which means a thing of bronze. It was just a thing of bronze, no more. And sometimes we need to break apart those things that become our sacred cows, so to speak. Those things that we think are sacred, but really there's nothing to them. Sometimes it's traditions. Maybe it's a place, a building. These things where once we had a great manifestation of God's presence in our lives, but they're just things. And sometimes we tend to venerate such things when really all they are are just things. The one thing that's truly sacred is the Lord himself and his presence in our lives. And that's what we want to hold fast to. Now, Hezekiah was a pinnacle of the Judean kings. It says that there was no king like him either before or after who had such a heart for God and who made so many reforms. Now, we only get a few of them here in 2 Kings. We'll get a lot more of them when we get to 2 Chronicles, and it goes into great detail about those reforms. But it says that he held fast to the Lord and did not depart from following him, but kept his commandments. And that's the whole key, holding fast to the Lord. Now, let me ask you, to what do you hold fast? We all have to hold fast to something because we're going to go through storms in this life and we got to hold fast to something. Some people hold fast to their money or securities or real estate, possessions. Other people hold fast to a person. Some people hold fast to a political party or an ideology. Others hold fast to their own dreams or their own ambitions. But you know, these things, they might even get you through life for a period of time. But even if they do get you through life, they're not going to get you into heaven. There's only one way to get into heaven, and that is to hold fast to Jesus Christ and his commandments. And, And if you'll do that, then No matter what happens to you in this life, God will get you through it. He will deliver you because you're holding fast to him. But here's the thing. When you trust in the Lord and you're holding fast to him, really, he's holding fast to you. As soon as we trust in the Lord, he holds fast to us. That's what Jesus said in John 10, 27. He said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. I love that. I might be thinking I'm holding fast to the Lord, but in reality, he's the one holding fast to me. Verse seven. Now the Lord was with Hezekiah. He prospered wherever he went 
And he rebelled against the king of Assyria and did not serve him. He subdued the Philistines as far as Gaza and its territory from watchtower to fortified city. So because the Lord was with Hezekiah, that encouraged him. And he saw that there was a change of leadership in Assyria. Now, Shalmaneser brought the siege against Samaria, but Sargon uh, would be the one who would actually conquer Samaria three years later. And then Sargon's son, Sennacherib, uh, came into power, and that probably encouraged Hezekiah. He thought Sennacherib was not as strong as his father Sargon, so he rebelled against Sennacherib in 705 B.C., And thus Hezekiah stopped paying the tribute to the Assyrians that he had been paying previously. Hezekiah also subdued the Philistines. Now it came to pass in the fourth year of King Hezekiah, which was the seventh year of Hoshea, the son of Elah, king of Israel, that Shalmaneser, king of Assyria, came up against Samaria and besieged it. And at the end of three years, they took it. In the sixth year of Hezekiah, that is the ninth year of Hoshea, king of Israel, Samaria was taken. Then the king of Assyria carried Israel away captive to Assyria and put them in Hala and by the Habar, the river of Gozan, and in the cities of the Medes, because they did not obey the voice of the Lord their God, but transgressed his covenant and all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded, and they would neither hear nor do them. Now, this is going back in time, about 17 years to 722 B.C. We've already covered this. This is when uh, the Assyrians came against Samaria, laid siege to it. It was a three-year siege, and then they conquered it and took Israel captive and scattered them in various places throughout the Assyrian Empire because Israel had disobeyed the Lord, They had defied God's prophets and they stopped believing in the Lord as their God. And so God sent them away. Verse 13, And in the fourteenth year of King Hezekiah, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came up against all the fortified cities of Judah and took them. Then Hezekiah, king of Judah, sent to the king of Assyria at Lachish, saying, I have done wrong. Turn away from me. Whatever you impose on me, I will pay. And the king of Assyria assessed Hezekiah, king of Judah, 300 talents of silver and 30 talents of gold. So Hezekiah gave him all the silver that was found in the house of the Lord and in the treasuries of the king's house. At that time, Hezekiah stripped the gold from the doors of the temple of the Lord and from the pillars which Hezekiah, king of Judah, had overlaid and gave it to the king of Assyria. Now, we know from secular history that the Assyrians at this time conquered the Philistines. And then they came into Judah and began conquering the fortified cities of Judah. They came to Lachish, another Judean city outside of Jerusalem. And when Hezekiah saw that, his faith weakened. He thought that Sennacherib was much stronger than he had originally thought and that it was futile to try to resist him and rebel against him. And really his faith was weak. What happened was he just got his eyes on uh, Sennacherib and never really inquired of the Lord. Should I go against him? Should I trust you to help me defeat him? He, he didn't inquire of the Lord like David 
had done in such situations. But uh, he tried to appease Sennacherib and said, look, I'll pay you whatever you want. Just go away. <laughs> so don't go away mad. Just go away kind of a deal. And so uh, Sennacherib said, okay, 11 tons of silver and one ton of gold is what you owe me. That's a huge sum. And so Hezekiah did everything he could to appease him by emptying out his own personal coffers and then even stripping the silver in the house of the Lord, stripping the gold from the doors and, and from the pillars that he had overlaid uh, in order to satisfy the king of Assyria. But would it satisfy the king of Assyria? No, it wouldn't, because we will see that all it did was whet his appetite for more, and Sennacherib would come back to come against Jerusalem and seek to take the entire city. But we will see what happens there. That's a fascinating story, which we'll save for next time. The thing is, we see in Hezekiah a great example of someone who rose above the darkness of his age to hold fast to the Lord, to trust in the Lord, to bring forth spiritual reforms. And God blessed him and prospered him and made him strong. And I find great encouragement through Hezekiah in our days to know that even though our days are dark, even though it seems like everybody is turning away in many ways, those who will hold fast to the Lord and keep his commandments, the Lord will not put to shame. God will come through for those who trust in him. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Next time, we'll see where King Sennacherib of Assyria sends military leaders to threaten Jerusalem. It's a great lesson on effectively dealing with the tactics of the enemy. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 2 Kings on Simply the Bible.